Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, And summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, And often is his gold complexion dimmed, And every fair from fair sometime declines, By chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, Nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, Nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade, When in eternal lines to time thou growest. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. Welcome to Outside of a Dog's Sonnet Fortnight, where we discuss why Shakespeare's sonnets are actually really good. Hello and welcome to Outside of a Dog's Fortnight of Shakespeare Sonnets. My name is Jonas Hock and I am a dog gentleman. And my name is Christian Schneider and I'm a fair... Well, not, no, not youth. Not anymore. I'm a fair guy. So we're doing things a bit differently for these next two weeks. We're discussing Shakespeare's sonnets. There can be no doubt, really, that they are great literature, but we've picked our 14 favourites. 14? The number is obviously not an accident. It's kind of emulating the 14 lines of the Shakespearean sonnet, and it also gives us a nice time frame. These 14 days of mini-episodes should really be enough to celebrate the Bard, because it is a special anniversary for Shakespeare. It's the 400th day of his death, so what better to commemorate the works of the most influential writer in the English language than to talk about the shortest and yet maybe the best pieces of writing he has produced. His plays were only published posthumously, but the sonnets were actually published during his lifetime, in 1609, in the order that we now know them, from 1 to 154. It is unclear how much he was involved in the publication process, but he was definitely still around to see it. These 154 sonnets do follow a certain order. There are certain developments, certain plots, you might say, that you can find in the sequence of poems. The first 126 sonnets are addressed to the fair youth, a young man who Shakespeare admires for his beauty, but also is kind of jealous about. It's not quite clear what the relationship is exactly like. The last 28 are instead addressed to the Dark Lady. And there's a certain shift in tone between these two blocks of sonnets. But also within the blocks, there are certain clusters of themes. For example, there are poems about rejected love. There are poems about poetry being a vessel to preserve one's love. And there are poems about living on after death in some way. We will address many of these themes and topics in our mini-episodes when they arise in the sonnets that we've chosen. And boy, do we have a corker to start with. Probably the most famous of all these poems, namely Sonnet 18. You've heard it read by Jonas very beautifully, I might say, already in the beginning. And this is how we're going to do it, because the sonnets are so short. We can actually read them to you in their entirety, but we also want to discuss them. So, Jonas, this is one of your choices. What made you choose this probably best known of the sonnets, apart from its status as the best known one? Well, I would have felt that a discussion of Shakespeare's sonnets would have been incomplete without addressing at least a few of the really well-known ones. But I think this one actually really deserves its status. As I said, vanity, 
mortality are big topics that come up again and again in different ways. But I think this is actually one of the best of those because it is kind of subversive in a way. He describes the beauty of the beloved, probably the fair youth, in a very interesting way. Rather than engaging in all this cliched Petrarchan rustic idyll and describing them like a summer's day, he says, ah, hang on, does that actually make sense? And that's what's so great about Shakespeare, that even though in a lot of the other sonnets he just follows the old traditions, he just retreads the old tired images of, oh, you're like a flower, oh, you're even more beautiful than the flower. Here he says, actually, this doesn't really work, does it? But you know what? Still, maybe through my poetry, you can live on. And that is kind of extraordinary, I think, because he couldn't have known what kind of legacy he would have. But here we are, 400 years later, and the person the poem is addressed to still lives on in these lines, miraculously almost. I agree. This kind of change in attitude is what makes the poem really quite subtle. It is seen as the quintessential love poem, maybe, but it is a poem that treats love in a surprisingly subtle way. And yet it is really, really powerful. That change by the third quartering, when Shakespeare says, But thy eternal summer shall not fade. When he goes from the irony, you might say, of the first two quarterings into this very honest and very sincere invocation of what he believes in, what he hopes his poem will achieve, that always gets me. Even reading this for the 30th time or so, that still gives me shivers. And that is something that might differentiate Shakespeare from other love poets, from other writers of sonnets. Especially of his time. He really towers above other poets because he just went the extra mile. He had that extra subtlety. He was able to see these little aspects that not everyone necessarily was able to see. And there is a reason why this form of the sonnet, three quatrains and the heroic couplet in the end, is known as the Shakespearean sonnet oftentimes today, because he really uses that structure to its fullest effect, structuring topics and really making a point. The heroic couplet often in itself is so perfect and to the point that you could actually just read those and still have so much to talk about. So long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. Wonderful parallelism, so full of emotion, and yet not cliché or trite. Really, really good. So we started out on a really nice little subtle poem that does a lot in a very short space. Tomorrow, come back for another one of my favorites, not quite as well known, and also not quite as subtle. We will be discussing Sonnet 20. Thank you very much for listening. For more information, visit outsideofadogcast.com.